Hey guys, what's up? Trey back here at Trey Wolf and welcome back to another episode of the True Blue Show, the podcast that seems to like to take breaks about a couple months every uh, between each episode. And, you know, we would have liked to have been recording a lot more lately, but there's just, it's been kind of a shaky time at Chelsea and it's just not been great vibes and uh, it's, it's, well, we have peaked. We have peaked, I think, because we have not only sacked a manager for one time in a season, but twice. I never in my lifetime, I don't believe, have I ever seen a manager, two managers sacked in one season. And that means Graham Potter is now left out the door. And it is a shock. I mean, it. it's also not a shock, but it's just like we didn't weren't too sure if this was actually going to happen. Bowley has always spoken prolifically about giving the manager time and working on a project. And it, it seemed like with such a long contract that Graham Potter was going to be here for maybe another year or so, but he didn't even get till the end of the season. And I am here today joined with a good friend, Ken, to talk about if, if it was justified, what we're going to do from here and just talking raw. This only happened a few hours ago. So it's very, very fresh. So, um, Ken, how are you doing, buddy? How are you doing? And then how are you feeling about the recent news? Hey, Trey. <laughs> Glad to be back to tap in uh, to what's going on <laughs> now in this, this stage in Chelsea history. Oh, man. Uh, well, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, I guess. You know, I mean, personal thing after the game yesterday. Um, had some other things happen that you know made that seem small in comparison. Was just ready to you know move on and mold to it. I was gonna you know watch the game on Tuesday like we watch any other day and was considering. But I mean, to be honest, it got to the point it was completely untenable. Out of all of the dis you know the disappointing performances this season so far under Potter, that that you know you know obviously if you watch the game. You understand how that came about you know it wasn't like we got absolutely battered it just it was like we're clueless on how to score you know at home again there you know how many times how many times have there been shots of Bowley after games already and it, it hasn't they haven't even been there a year him saying like how do you like performance and then he's already at it's a shit performance like that so another even shittier performance after a draw yeah it's like you know it's it's they actually got to the point and it's crazy because I know they don't want to come in and be like the higher and fire, you know, situation, but it, it got to that point where they just have to, you know, make a change because the squad is, is not it, it, with all the problems it has, it is not an 11th place squad. <laughs> so. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you could say that most managers that come in when they come with, and see what we have, like the riches of our squad, despite the injuries that we've struggled with over the past uh, season. It's it's a lot to work with. It, you would think that our depth even could be a lot to work with um, when they're all playing well and they're all uh, in good form. And I would say that there's been some days when you watch a game and you're like, these guys aren't trying as well, or like, you really could be doing better at your quality. And there's days like against the Villa game where you just look at what Potter um, set, set us up for. And you're just like, I don't understand the plan. I don't understand the process. And I have said, 
I'm actually kind of glad at this point that if Potter's out, I can actually kind of uh, change my tone on this because I've said all season and anybody's asked, I'm not going to be Potter out until the end of the season. Um, basically because I was going to give him an entire season to just make it up because I didn't think there was any point in sacking him earlier on because I was like, we're not going to get relegated. I don't think Champions League is attainable at this point. Um, and I meant qualification. Um, we still could honestly win the whole UCL. I mean, it's still, I mean, last uh, time we had a bald interim manager, we did, we won the whole damn thing. So who knows? Um, but yeah, you know, it was just, it came as a shock to me because I really thought Bowley was sticking by this whole, I'm going to be different. I'm going to give the the manager time to do it. And I was shocked. I was really shocked. And I think it's probably for the best. I was leaning more towards uh, moving on from Potter and finding somebody else uh, come the summertime. So if anything, this just makes it earlier up um, opening conversation for us. And so we, I've, I've gotten your thoughts on about it, but I kind of want to know, do you think the the sacking had more to do with Potter's form and just just that it was like they said, okay, enough is enough. I can't watch any more of this. Or do you think it might have had a bit of influence, the fact that Nagelsmann has been sacked from Bayern? Uh, so some people say shockingly sacked. Uh, some people think this might have been justified. But Nagelsmann, Julian Nagelsmann, is now available. Um, I don't know if he's available immediately or if he's going to be on holiday for a bit and then he would start in the summer. Do you think it's more of a case of Potter's own doing and the board just saying we can't watch any more of the team like this? Or do you think they might have kicked things into gear a little bit more because somebody like Nagelsmann did become available? I think it's got to be it's got to be Potter's own doing because we go out there, we win. Yes, we win yesterday. Um, Then he's not he's not getting sacked today. You know, we if we come back, we come back from the international break. And we have a strong performance against a, a good Villa side led by Una Emery, who picked up. You know, like all it was funny, all the excuses we gave Potter always in the middle of the season didn't have a preseason. Um, Una Emery came, you know, stats that that came in. Una Emery came in when uh, Villa were like bottom of the table um, around the same time as Potter and brought them all the way up to now ninth. And you know, what position were we at when 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 Potter came in, maybe like I, or I, I think it was sixth or seventh. Yeah, yeah, and now we're down to eleventh. Uh, we just had a, a head-to-head matchup and we lost. So hey, it's got to be more down his performances. You know, we win against Everton. You know, he brings on more attacking threat to score another goal before bringing on Connor Gallagher, uh, Connor Gallagher, and setting up shop. Then you know that brings confidence. You know. Um, but what he showed today, it's, you know, I, you, it goes to the lineup, what he showed today. Like, I thought, you know, maybe he may, I'm trying to like put myself in his, you know, shoes. Maybe he thought having like, you know, they would have more of the possession, which we did. We absolutely dominated, but, you know, actually have, I don't know, maybe more crossworthy full back I don't know I'm trying to do some meta-analysis but you know that was clearly the wrong decision playing Ruben if you're gonna if Reese James is playing the entire 90 then you might as well play a wing back you should have changed that at halftime didn't situation went how it went like you know 
Ruben's done a, you know, he's done a job when he's needed to. But, you know, that first instinct when he gets the ball to cross it one time early so players run in the box to run onto it, there's a, a bunch of opportunities did not happen. So it's like just move Reese James. But then he eventually, like, went to a four at the back and then moved him to Reese James back to center back when he went back to the three at the back. It's all kinds of, you know, just, you know, just shows it was just too much for Potter to handle. Like, you know, so once again, they went down to his own performance. Yeah, and I definitely, I don't want to focus too much on the game, uh, the Villa game, and just break that down because I feel like everything that's kind of happened after that point is now a moot point. But yeah, it did seem like his, at some points you could kind of rationalize things that he was doing, so um, selections he was making or substitutions he was making. But uh, yesterday's lineup and everything just kind of was one of the most boggling things to me and I think something that we're a little deprived of is like explanations from a coaching perspective um but I guess maybe they don't give those away because that would be letting in uh opponents into their mind a little bit too much and then they might use that against them next time but so the fact that he was sacked some could say is deserved right now I mean I think 85 percent of people I talk to and things I've seen on Twitter have said that he needs to go like yesterday and maybe the rest of them say probably go at the end of the season. I don't really see, I haven't seen anybody really advocate for him to stay. So, and I'm mean, going to know Twitter's not a good base to use to judge the fan base's uh, like tone and react and reaction to everything. But he also was getting booed and chants at the stadium like you could hear it over the television. It was, it's bad. He lost not only like everybody on Twitter and everything. So, cause that's what we really base it off of. He, it sounded like he lost the fans at the ground and that, and Bowley goes to a good bit of the games. I don't remember if he was there yesterday, but if he was, or he, he probably heard everything. He probably heard all the chants. And that's got, I mean, you can have a, a manager do, middle of the ground run stuff or, or underperform. And if the fans are all still backing him, then maybe you can get behind him too. But I think if you lose the entire fan base and it's like, not just people you hear on Twitter, but you like the atmosphere of the ground is horrible. I think sometimes that is kind of a way to push it over the edge for you. Cause, because that board, um, I think it was like Paul Wynn, Stanley, Chris, uh, Christopher Vell, think they are all were mainly the ones in the decision making process and saying that this this needs to go so i just want to know from you there, there was you... there was there was one more person who made a decision um i don't remember the name though was it about like bali or... no it was but it was like led by and it wasn't the it was like decision was led by paul and stanley and someone else that's not the it's not a bali it's not Taboli. I lose track um, of like the people that are in their positions. That that that's where I'm trying to like find out who is the person. That yeah. Um. But why? Figure that. Out. Tell me. Do you think, just in your own opinion, um, because that's why I'm branching on here. I want to know what you think. Do you think it was deserved to happen right now versus the end of the season? Like, say he gets sacked regardless. Just do you think it was best that it happened now? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's get it. 
let's get it on and popping now, you know, might as well. If we got to start to search, I mean, you know, think of it. It's honestly, it's a little embarrassing when you, when you kind of compare it to the Bayern situation, because look where their standards were. They were still, you know, he's like, um, what's his name? Uh, Nagelsmann was, you know, undefeated in Champions League right through PSG. Um, and you know they were neck and neck in a race with the um, with Borussia Dortmund, who were de- deservedly so. They didn't lose to anyone in 2023. They beat all of their opponents in the Bundesliga. So you know when you win all, you're actually going to be up there in points with Bayern. So that makes sense. And then they were like, mm, we just don't like the vibe around you, even though you're sort of pulling results, but we expected those. So you're not you're not getting results how we, you know, deem as necessary of Bayern Munich and they axed him versus, you know, um what we're well, what we're doing now potentially since Nagelsmann's on the market, we, you know, are like, okay, you know, we're gonna, you know, why, why go with this any, why go with this experiment, experiment any longer? You know, it can't be, it can't be worse than what it is now. We still haven't gotten to the forty point mark. That's really how bad it is. You know, do we really keep him in charge when, when, um, he has not pulled off a win against a top ten, or maybe has one win against the top ten team, not top six, top ten. Hasn't beat any of the top six. And guess, look at the run we have of games coming up, all in the top 10. So <laughs> we need to change something to at least, you know, because we do we do actually have a chance to get Europa if we, you know, if the squad is de- deployed better, at least. So it's better to start, you know, uh, doing it now. And then I guess the board will start deciding on who to sell. Cause that's what I also want. I want the squad to be trimmed down before the next manager gets here, at least to a certain degree. Cause I don't want, cause, um, I forget on whose page mentioned it was either Nini or, um, uh, Matisse that, you know, um, in the summer, all the players coming back on loan, we're going to have, we got 30 something people. Now we're going to have close to 50. so exactly so imagine all that we need to trim the squad down and prep it for whoever the next manager is to come you know why wait and like you know move on you know move on to the next manager um and then with this manager still having imprints on who stays and who goes when you're gonna sack him if you're at the point you're gonna sack him now just do it now people will say like why did you do it earlier and that's potentially why that, that you know, I going back to your earlier question, that's probably why, um, you know, the that's probably why the uh, Nagelsmann is, you know, probably the tipping point, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. His availability is probably, you know, just on top of all these losses. Like, there's the silver lining. Chris Avell's like, yo, I, the Nagelsmann, I've worked with him. I know he can do stuff with these. What we got Enzo Fernandez. See these players, you know, he, now Nagelsmann has a taste of Bayern Munich at a big club, you know? So you think, you know, he could be able to handle a club like Chelsea. At least he, he has experience handling a big club, you know? Grand Potter now has experience handling a big club, albeit very poorly, but who knows how that might help him going forward and not make the mistakes you, you know? 
uh, he made, you know, kind of like a Brendan Rodgers. Like he, you know, he went to, he went to Liverpool was, or, or, uh, um, who was it? Uh, Moyes, David Moyes at United. Did he mm-hmm. go to United? He did. Yeah. So look at both those managers. They went there and they were asked, got fired and then they found their level. So, yeah. So maybe there is just a actual truth to being calibers that people are ready for and not ready for. And maybe it's just possible. Grand Potter wasn't ready for this one. Yeah, hundred percent. He's still young in manager years, so he'll get another crack, maybe. So something that I kind of want to talk about now is um, you bring up a good point that uh, the squad um, depth is going to be something huge in the summer because there is a lot of players here, and we got to trim a lot of players. And they said they are going to be doing an extensive uh, managerial search on trying to analyze what would be best for us. Now, I kind of want us to do the same thing, but uh, side note, um, I want to let, uh, let you know, I found that name, Lawrence Stewart. It's a, He's a co-sporting director um, for us. So that was the other guy who headed up the meeting. Mm, mm, mm. Um, he, he apparently Lawrence was a technical Stewart. director at Monaco uh, before this, but I haven't heard his uh, name mentioned too much. So he's definitely probably one of those um, behind the curtain guys much more. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the potentials for a selection replacement. Now, a couple of people have become available. I'm not even going to mention Brendan Rogers in this because I think we've kind of established he's in the tier. Oh, you don't even need to drop. You don't, you don't, sir. I, the fact that you mentioned his name during this, during this segment, you bro, mentioned him on. before me. No, I was talking about how Graham Potter is like our Brendan Rogers, our David Moyes. But you mentioned him in terms of this segment of replacing a manager. I'm not even going to mention Except that, that I no, said no I'm one not- was no one was going to bring up no one who listened to this was going to bring up Brendan Rogers at one. any point There's as a replace. One. No, that's a troll and you know that's an obvious troll. No one was going to be like, "Oh, who's could potentially replace Grandpa, to oh Brendan Rodgers, hell no, there is no way. See, I'm saying this now, bro, but imagine I get clipped up, that would be insane. But it's not happening. It's not happening. Hey, at least move on. Let's move on. It's clipping it up, saying I'm not even going to mention him. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to advocate for him, but I do. I do have three people listed here, but two I want to talk about more than the others. Yeah. Um, So three people. You probably know who these are. It's Nagelsmann, Conte, who also was conveniently sacked, (laughs) and uh, Luis Enrique. So three three potential managers I want to talk about, but I really want to focus on Nagelsmann and Conte. And the reason I want to focus on them is because there's a couple different reasons. One, everyone is very, very high on Nagelsmann right now. And I think it's because he's coming off of success with Bayern from – still being like first in the league it was just they just kind of let the gap between them um and second place just get too thin to basically it's now even on points he like you said he went undefeated in the champions league so he was doing great honestly he could have won it all for them but i i want to see if you like my point is that nobody is guaranteed to work out in this job i think that's a given and he's also never played in the Premier League. So a lot of people love to boast, 
on how he took like a relegation bound Hoffenheim up to the Champions League positions uh, for a few seasons. And then he went to Leipzig and he turned Leipzig into a high scoring team. Um, I believe Timo Werner was one of um it was one of the ones who uh, played under him, right? And he was like, well, that's when he was all scoring. Correct, correct. I think in Kuku also did some time under him too, right? He might so, have done some, but Kuku's probably spent most of his time um, in in his good form while Nagelsmann's been at Bayern, I believe. So Nagelsmann is like, one thing I do like about him is that he puts a lot of time and effort into his tactics. And that's something I've heard a lot about him. And I also did see uh, kind of a clip before this about how much he talks about the DM position being a key to a side that has a lot of attacking talent and scores a lot of goals, which that is something we obviously really need right now. So there's a couple of things that are going for him there. But also I looked back at games for Bayern this season and I found that he looks to favor a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-1-4-1 most. So, and then I want to compare that against Conte, who is Premier League proven. We've literally, he's literally won with us. And I think honestly, things were kind of going all right with him. It just, didn't he have more of a collapse with the board at the time? And that's why he left? Bro, you're testing me, my friend. You are testing me, sir. You are testing with that Antonio Conte shout. Mans is never coming back here. Because not only do we have literally the antithesis mindset in terms of building a team, you know, building it up, taking time, progression, development of younger players into better players. Uh, um, <laughs> we don't have any ready. He's either win now and, you know, older. He's all, And he's always about getting in his guys, his older guys. That's the other side. So that is exactly the opposite of what we want to do. Antonio Cate is almost, he's almost, in terms of next Chelsea manager, he's almost in the tier with Brendan Rodgers in terms of likeliness to happen, it's not it's not gonna happen. Yeah, he's it's not a, likely, but think no, about it. Jose, Jose came here a second time. Why couldn't no, Conte? no, because con- look at what come on, look at compare their times, compare their first times, bro. It nowhere near, nowhere near the same. And we are in a different situation. They came, Jose came back under the same ownership. We're not going to hire Conte, bro. He's going to be even more rigid than dealing with Tuchel, bro. We had, he had the after, no, absolutely not, my friend. Absolutely not, my friend. After we won the, the Premier League, he did, he does what he does in the Champions League, aka Jack shit. And then, like, even in Tottenham, jack shit. They could even score a goal against AC Milan when they were having the worst run of form ever. And, um, so, why would we bring him back? He's not gonna. He's not gonna. He's not a long-term project guy, even close to that. No, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. If anything, um, I'm surprised you didn't mention in your three uh, Pochettino because he's still out of. He's still no, out of job. No, I I don't want Pochettino. That Bro, is Pochettino that's a Brendan Rodgers category manager. No, 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 sir. No, Everything sir. Pochettino touches <sighs> dies. That's not true. That's not true Bro, at all. Tell Bro, me. Wait, wait, wait. L- listen, listen. I know we hate Spurs. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. I know we hate Spurs, but has Spurs been anywhere near they were underneath Pochettino? They remember now, Champions League 
final. They only lost a goal, a very shitty one, versus Liverpool. Champions League final. Competing for the Premier League title within two games. If it wasn't for us being us. Like, imagine if we already played them in the season, they, they had another team there. They could have went on to actually win a Premier League title in our lifetime. Poch had that team with Daniel Levy, who literally, with, they, with a with a board that is anti-winning, they only would put stuff if they have a chance of winning the league. They are anti-winning any titles of any kind. They'll tell you to not play your players during the Cups, not take the Cups seriously. They literally had Jose, Jose brought them to a chance to win a Cup, a one-off game, and they were so worried that they'd have to pay him because he had a, such a good chance of winning. They fired him before the final. Bro, and Potts brought them to the heights of heights, the top of tops, and they just could he just couldn't do it with the their tight purse strings. I'm telling you, Pochettino, it's with if he did that with another team, like he would get if he did that with Arsenal, <laughs> like even if he got close, you got competing for titles, he would have the crazy hype, but only because it's for Spurs that people attach the Spurs name. Honestly, he has to shake it. And winning a title with PSG, uh, other than the Champions League, is not going to help you shake it. Just like, you know, people who have questions of Nagelsmann, like, yeah, you won the title with Bayern. Okay, everyone expects that. But he was regularly in the Champions League with Leipzig, you know. He brought a team to uh, Champions League, and then he went to another team, and he kept them in the Champions League, who beat City in the Champions League, won big games. You know, this is Potter's first time coaching Champions League games. He never, I think he said he never watched Champions League games before that. I'm just like, hey, man, I, I guess you probably worry about other stuff. But, you know, and to be fair to him, he brought us from the bottom of the group to the top. And then we, we beat Dortmund, who were the first people to beat Dortmund in 2023 after going down 1 0. So, uh, so. There, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> um, uh, I, it's, it's. I'm not even counting. Con I'm not even counting content. I thought that was going to be your person that we don't even talk about out of the three at least. But Antonio Conte, it's not happening, blood. It's not happening. Well, trust I'm also. I, I haven't mentioned this guy, but Ruben Almarim is someone I'm just personally mm. not familiar with. But apparently, he's been at Sporting right now, and he's been doing mm -hmm. pretty well with them. Um, mm -hmm. And they're actually so I just saw a tweet from Fabrizio Romano um, saying that no, he's that's... actually appreciated, too. And there's no talks with Pochettino. So. So apparently they don't read Pochettino. Hey, hey, that's there's no talks for that. He actually might end up being uh, might go to Real Madrid. There's this growing contingent that wants him to speak Spanish. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of different people. So but I want to tell you the reason why. I was thinking about Conte versus Nagelsmann. I want to talk about kind of, and this kind of the whole direction this takes is based on what the squad has to offer the next manager in terms of where we're strongest at. So Nagelsmann seems to play more with a back four and a pivot or a DM. And Conte seems to play with more with a back three and, or with wing backs in a three, four, two, one, or a three, five, two. Now, right now, you have an echelon of like a, a very nice package of center backs to be able to use. You've got Badia Chile, you've got Tiago Silva, you've got Wesley Fofana, 
And then you have even Koulibaly, who's been in decent form, even though he had a rough start. You have Trevor Chalaba, who's been pretty decent whenever called upon. And you also have Cucurella, who I guess can play center back sometimes, but I'm not a personal advocate for. I think we saw <laughs> this past game why we don't use Cucurella over Badi Ashile in that um in that spot and then you also have Levi Caldwell who can come in next season. So you have a lot of center backs to and it's just like how do you not play most of those people at the same time? Now, this is not saying that Nagelsmann wouldn't be the type to go to a 3 at the back or 3-4-2-1. I'm not saying that he can't do that. I'm purely going based off of a recent history of what each coach has been using. And I think it's very easy to say Ben Chilwell has been one of our best attacking threats this season. And that's because he's been more of a wing back and almost like an inverted forward at times based on how far he can get up. And Reese James at his best is when he can go up into the final third contribute. And he hasn't been doing that much this season, but at that point, that's when he's able to do his best. Also, we have Malagusto coming in next year as a backup to Reese. And um, I did an interview uh, about him um, coming in. And from what I heard is he's much better as a wing back rather than a fullback. And then you also have, um, I know we talked about Cucurella. I don't really see him as a wing back potential. If we wanted to work with wing backs, we have Ian Monson at um, Burnley right now, who's doing bits for them right now. And as a deputy to Ben Chilwell, he could honestly be really good for us. So here's my thing. If I've been a very big advocate for a back four um, and then using like a three-man mids or uh, a pivot, but it seems like we've gotten to the point where we have so many good center backs and wing backs that we really should be pushing that. Because as soon as Potter switched to it, even he was starting to do better. And he's been struggling this whole time. So what if I told you that Nagelsmann would come in and he would want to stay with a four at the back and say to Chilwell, um, Hulabali, Fofana, and Reese James. So you, you don't have, you have Badi Shile and Levi Caldwell, who probably in that case, one of them is either going back out on loan or being sold. And I'm thinking it would be more like he's sold. And then you have Tiago Silva, who is a veteran who I still want to stay here. Um, which is great depth. But then you also have Trevor Chalaba, who probably would want to leave the club. You have Ian Matson, who probably wouldn't be best as a fullback then, who I feel like would want to commit to Burnley or a, another Premier League team on a permanent basis. And you have Malo Gusto, who maybe wouldn't be in a super favored position. What is your thoughts on the usage of those weapons for whoever comes in next? Um, I think they're pretty set, though, um, to use either or, you know, because we do have players who have played traditionally in those left back and right back positions. Yeah, it may not be the perfectly the best and probably I feel like a manager, whoever comes in, will end up doing a blend of the both, to be honest, um, because we do have really good wing backs. They just have to figure out how to get the attack to score goals that's what it is you know whether we're 
four at the back, three at the back. It's it's gotta wear our scoring because even when we were at four at the back losing, we weren't like giving up goals. We just weren't scoring. And then one team would get one chance and they just score on like that. So maybe that's probably why what you know I say, for example, Nagelsman said most important is that number six. And we did just get content back, but naturally had to go down down two goals in the game. <laughs> to get it back. Oh, it's like we were cursed, bro. <laughs> I'm sure Boley was watching that. It was just like, we finally got this world-class player back, right? He's world-class and he got the surgery. So this injury stopped happening. And right before he's about to step on the field, we go down another goal. They're like, yeah, you're not winning this game. It don't matter. Oh my God. It's, it's got it. That had to be the, the sign. That was probably the sign right there. The second goal, John McGinn, you sunk grandpa. Um, um, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, go off a little ramble. Um, but I think, you know, like if it's Nagelsmann, I think because he did coach a three at the back of Leipzig, right? I'm actually not positive about that. I didn't check it out, but I do believe they used they've been using a three at the back for a few seasons, but I don't know if it was under Nagelsmann or uh the current manager. I'm pretty sure, my, pretty sure he used it at some point. Either way, I think Reese James and Chilwell can play well at right back and left back, respectively. That is the position where they first started out. If we're going to be like, to be honest, like Chilwell had to get used to playing left wing back, but now he's really good at it. Same thing with Reese James. I mean, Reese James just a, just the baller in general. He could actually play anywhere. But um, <laughs> uh, but I think they'd be fine to play play a, a four at the back through the center backs. I I think it would be, I think uh, you know if we take the price tags out and the length of time they've been here, I think the two that would be most likely to sell or like that actually wouldn't fit in long term would be Cucurella and um, Kulabali. Because I think they're keeping they're keeping they're keeping Caldwell for sure. So that might mean Trev might be out. They're keeping Batty a shield. He's not going out on loan after what he did this season. It's a disgrace that he's not a part of the Champions League squad, to be honest. But um uh so those two, because Tiago Silva's staying, um Caldwell's gonna stay. He was up in the booth with with Bowley and them the other day. He's gonna stay for sure. It's Matson coming in. Like the fact that Cucurella can't. I, like, did he play left wing back? I thought he could. I thought he did a job at left wing back for Brighton under Potter, which is crazy. But somehow he can't play left wing back anymore. He can only play left back or left center back. If he can't play left wing back, then I am. We and to your point, we have a bunch. Where you use more of them if you play a three at the back. If you can't play left center back, you know, to a good degree, which I, he, you know, he has not shown, maybe very spark, very, you know, spare occasions, but you can't just slot in and be that defensively sound. We saw we can't rely like that. Um, so he's kind of, you know, I'd prefer Matson, who's been crazy attacking wise, to be the backup to Chilwell, to step right in that left wing back. And just be letting go crazy on that left side because he's also not that great of a he's not that fantastic of a defender like how Reese is, but or uh, and and I would say Chilwell. Chilwell's a pretty good defender. He doesn't that doesn't get um, enough props. Um but I I think 
you know, obviously Hukarela and Kulabali, because those are two signings made for Tuchel. Um, I think they're most dangerous. So that's my take on whoever comes in next. The tools will be there to go in any direction they want to, but we will need a center defensive mid and a number nine. Those crosses at the end, there was no with that Reese James put in at the end of the Villa game, and no one was at the end to tap to tap them in. It's criminal, criminal. Honestly, doesn't matter. Jow, doesn't matter. Kai, they just were don't have that striker instant. We need a striker, striker. So regardless, we will need a six and a nine and a goalkeeper. Um, um, but other than that, it's it's set for a manager to go any direction they want. Honestly, we're kind of, that's where we are. We have so many players that were stacked up in positions that actually, you know, besides the the profiles I just mentioned, we do have um, Didi Fofana, but you know, he's raw. He's going to go out on loan. If anything, if that doesn't happen, if, if Cucurella can't be sold, then I think Moxon will go out on loan again, but this time in the Premier League, because he's balling for the championship. But if, um, whatchamacallit, they'll want to, They'll want to keep him for the next Premier League season company. So even if we just make sure we don't we don't put any clauses to sell him or anything like that. But I think if he get I think he'll stay out on loan if he knows he's he's gonna be the number one starter on a Premier League team versus coming to Chelsea and being the number two. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. I'd agree with that. Also, so. um, I did just double fact check and it does look like um you were right. He, uh, Nogsman did use a three at the back primarily at uh, Leipzig when he was there. So I re- kind of retract the argument maybe that he would not use that or maybe not an argument, but just saying like, what if? So it definitely seems like he's got that in his bag to work with the three at the back system, which kind of makes me feel better because I feel like we do have the, the quality to be very solid defensively and be very threatening on the attack by playing uh three at the back and having um our attacking wingbacks. So I do like Nagelsmann. I just don't want everybody to act like he is the answer to all our problems and he is a guaranteed to be success. He is Christ born on earth to deliver Chelsea to the promised land to number three and more to pass United. And Champions Leagues and bring our title hall up to the double digits and deliver us and start the new dynasty. Can't you see? Can't you see, Trey? Can't you see? He's going to come down and deliver us. Jesus Knuckles. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to use the Lord's name. Man. Jesus Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Someone's going to make an edit of him on his little longboard. Oh, bro. Into Yo, <laughs> Jesus Knuckles. Yo, if he were, if he were to, um, which we'll call it. We need, yeah, we need a famous Jesus, Jesus uh, painting, and have him reach out and lift us out of these dumps. Um, I'm not the one who will edit that, but somebody on Twitter will do the job for sure. So tell me this: just make a bold prediction. Do you think he comes in before the end of the season, or do you think he comes in at the start of the summer? Ah. Uh... Oh, tough question because they appointed a, you know, they pointed um, what's his name as the interim. I think, uh, I, I think he comes in. The guy from Brighton, um, I think he comes in start of the summer, like right at the end of the season. Bruno Saltor is the 
intern. Yeah. You know where he's from? I do not. I will double check though. But uh, my so, guess is Port. My guess is Portugal. Just I've seen his face. So I'm just, I'm just gonna go. Here's his name. I'm gonna go with Portugal. Where's he from? He was at Brighton. I think he was part of Potter's staff. Actually, I don't know. Yeah, he no, was. He was at Brighton 2012 to 2019. He was. He was a player. He's a player at Brighton. Also. Oh, that's a play. Yeah. He was it's, a player at Brighton. His, his managerial career on Wikipedia says Chelsea interim as the first thing. So <laughs> I, 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 I'm not really sure what his credentials are, but you know what? They thought he should be interim, so <laughs> allow it. Um, also, somebody else did depart. Uh, I think his name was Billy Reed that left with Potter. And mm. I saw from some people said this one guy, and it was a picture of Billy Reed, annoys me so much on the bench next to Potter. And he's he's the one that left with him. I don't know if it was his assistant coach or what. Um, but yeah, so he he's gone too. I'll say here, this. Here, here, check this, check this, read this, listen to this. Um, not only Wiley for his name, Bruno. 42 is most famous for his seven seasons as a Brighton player. The former right back joined Brighton from Valencia in 2012 and went on to play 235 games for the South Coast Club. Bruno's first five seasons in England were in the championship. He captained Brighton to promotion uh, to the Prem in 2017. After playing 39 Prem games, he retired as a player in 2019, but remained as the club at the at the club as a senior player development coach. And that's where he joined Potter's staff. And then Potter brought him over so he might be spanish Bruno so, so he is a former spanish player it looks like yeah come on i swear he's freaking swear he's <laughs> no yeah, yeah he's spanish he's spanish Damn. you know I what say. i hope uh, if people leave from the potter staff i hope we keep the goalkeeper coach because i really do think he's had a positive improvement on keppa Granted, I know we've seen Keppa um, let some in, but I think the ones that he's let in have been, on average, much harder to save shots than normal. <laughs> he put cut to a clip of Grant Potter's. I, was it? Did you see the quote that he said? If you look at the XG of John McGinn's shot, it's actually pretty like small. Bro, I I saw it in writing. Is that now. real there's, or is no, that a, is, no? It's hundred. It's a hundred percent real, bro. Oh I saw. I look. I saw like a clip, but I didn't click on the video. I Potter I, lived and died by the XG, didn't he? I was not in a mood to listen to that come out his face hole, bro. Well, I mean, what else is he supposed to say? To be honest, yo, like that opening shot to Mudrick, bro, that opening chance, we had some sitters, dog. We had some sitters. So, you know. But yeah, I, I will say that I hope the goalkeeping coach stays, and I don't know if he would or why, but I feel like he's been good for Keppa because Keppa has definitely improved, and I don't feel like a player – like who how much he struggled does that completely on his own so that that's an interesting uh thing to see but i do imagine that if nogglesman came in he's going to come in with a lot of his own staff so i have no idea who would stay um also isn't didn't we bring anthony barry in under uh frank lampard to be a defensive and set piece coach specialist correct yeah he can go <laughs> well the he defense has been pretty well 
You know? Oh yeah, but set, but know. he he did so much work on the defense that he forgot about set pieces. To be, no, to be to be fair to him, who did we have defending set pieces on the field at that time? Our two, our two, what should I call it? Center backs. We had Koulibaly. We had, I guess, uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek. Yeah, but it's no, it's That's, like wait, been wait, a thing wait, wait, wait. for several and Kai Havertz, Those are those are our three players that were like over six foot when we should have had two. We should have had two more defenders, you know, on the field at that time in the in the actual center back roles. I think Potter's treatment of Trev is kind of crazy. It's wild. It's wild, crazy. It's like mm, I have somebody who could play right center back comfortably. He doesn't have to be isolated on his own playing right center back. Uh, nah, I'll move Reese James back there. Ruben play right wing back. <sighs> the disrespect that's crazy well i mean if it <laughs> i saw a lot of people say doing a one-for-one swap between uh, anthony barry and Nagelsmann in terms of the compensation that Bayern might be expecting for him because of whatever the contract relationships is that i don't i don't understand the logistics of you sack a guy but he's still under contract so you still get compensation for it or whatever that is i i don't get that but um, I do want to wrap it up here just a little shortly, but I had one more question that I kind of just off the top of my head wondered just based on kind of end of season things. What do you feel or what is your vibes on Joao Felix and either keeping him or letting him go back to Atletico? It all depends on if we keep, if we plan on selling Kai Havertz. If we keep Kai Havertz, no, we don't need Jao Felix. If we sell Kai Havertz, then there's your, you know, there's his spot. But no, because, you know, he can, he has the potential to make something happen. But even in, he's made like wrong decisions, wrong decisions to, yeah, I did see a tweet that like, if there were Mount, oh my God, time I would be going crazy. But Felix is starting, he's starting to bring that up. I mean, what I do love about him is his his fearlessness to keep trying. That's what I love about him. You know, keep going, keep shooting. You know what? He's not gonna stop. No matter what, he's not gonna stop shooting. He's not gonna miss his opportunity um to like keep firing. You know what I'm saying? And we need way more of that, especially when we're going through slumps. We can't can't just give up and be like, that's what we did prior to him. We just be like, oh, we can't do anything. But uh, hey, yo, cut in and try to shoot. Just force the save as a goalkeeper. Keep it going, you know, and make them respect you. And that's where we can create chances and things like that. But I think it all depends on Kai Havers, because um what's his name? And Cuckoo is is coming and he's in another mold. Like he's gonna keep going. He's faster than Kai Havers and Jao Felix. Um I don't know if his passing is better. But um, he's another one who's de- definitely has a guaranteed spot. So I think it's between those two. Um, we can't. We don't have space for all of them. We don't. I'll tell you this. I have a strong inclination and belief and just a feeling Kai Havertz will not be sold in the summer. So I believe that Nkunku will still come in and Kai will be here. So that do this kind of leaves you to kind of – hybrid false nines uh, that you can use. You also have Armando Broya, who is probably the only real number nine that we have uh, other than Dato Fofana. But Dato Fofana, I think, has a bigger shot than anybody else to go on loan. Um, 
Broya, I don't think he'll go on loan because I think he'll still be in recovery um, by the time that the season kicks on, the transfer window is closed. I think he will, he's training now, but I don't think he will be like. He's training? Well, sorry, not training. Uh, that was a bad use. Um, he's doing like physical therapy. He's actually like, he's working yeah. out. Um, so it's not like he's on rest right now. Because there's been uh, pictures of him like working out and getting uh, physical therapy, so I, I I would say I'm and I'm sp- trying to speak this into existence because I love Roya. Um, expect him to stay. Expect him Cuckoo to be here, and expect Kai to be here. So I think the real question is, Fel- would Felix come in and take one of the winger positions? And you got to think, Mudrik is definitely not going anywhere. Pulisic probably has a high chance of leaving. Sterling, I would actually say it's a 50-50. I say Ziyech has a high chance of leaving. Madueke is not going to leave. And Felix prefers the left. So you could say that Felix could play in a two or on the left wing. But I do believe it would be a big package for him to have to come over from Atletico on a permanent. And I don't know where we'll be in FFP come the end of the season. So it is very possible we can't afford him, if especially if we're going to get like someone like Declan Rice, a DM, uh, maybe the Ugarte guy. Um, I don't think we'll get Romeo Lavia. Go- I'm going to say Declan, right now, I don't think Declan, we'll get Lavia. Declan Rice going to Arsenal. <coughs> nah, I don't see that. Not yet. It, that There is just as much of a chance as him coming to Chelsea, sorry, I still bro. say. But... I'm sorry, bro. But we'll see. There, There's a lot of things to come. And you know Unless what? We get- you know what? Um, going back to your other question, you know, I think Nagelsmann will officially come in the summer, but they might be talking to him, you know, in between. And be like, oh, yeah, I definitely, you, I definitely think, I think he'll be like on like, one of those like garden want? leave things where yeah. like, like he's just on holiday, but they're like talking to behind the scenes where he's just not very hands on yeah. um, until preseason starts. Yeah, freaking what's his name? Edwards also, it's going to be a year for his, you know, leave or whatever. Are you talking uh, about the, Michael Edwards? Yeah, the sporting director. Um, I, have we not filled the position yet? Because I thought we were waiting on him, but I thought at the same time I've seen that that position was filled. But I honestly don't know. That is pure speculation. Yeah. Um, but might have to put a pin in that. We just might not know that right now. That's a little, um, little, little tidbit for the next time. Yeah, next, next yeah, next time when we join in, in in one month, in one month when we do another pod. But you know, to be fair, I have an excuse this time because I'm actually about to go to London on Friday. So I'm going to be I will be in London, Wales, and Ireland for three weeks in April. And I will be seeing Chelsea versus uh Brighton, Chelsea versus Brentford, uh the Chelsea women's game, this FA Cup semifinal. The Chelsea women's home leg against uh, Barcelona in the Champions League, and I'm really trying to see if I can get a home ticket versus Real Madrid in the Champions Bro, League. Bro, you damn! Did you set sacrifice your firstborn to get all that? I, you- I, you know, I, I should have. I might as well have. But my, um, my grandmother is helping me with this trip a bit, and she is a saint. And uh, I gotta give her a shout out. Thank you, Gran, for everything <laughs> you're gonna help me Grandma with. Grandma Trey. Gonna be Shout out, Grandma Trey. 
<laughs> have you a lifetime. That's why I want to go. I want to go out there and see like all. Oh, I want to see the the men's and the women's team, bro. But you're going at a perfect time for the women's team. Yeah, um, and you know what? Maybe the new manager bounce is coming. <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe the interim manager bounce will be a thing. Yo, um, I had a friend who went to see Tuchel's last game that where he, where he won. Um, and he paid like 200 some odd dollars for that ticket. Jeez. Oh, man. Yeah, no. But, yeah. So. Oh, and guess, guess what I'm doing my first day when I get into London? Uh, what you doing? Got going to Jude's house. Get some I'm going to Jude's house. <laughs> I'm gonna get some Jude Hardwick cooking. Yeah, <laughs> we might make a video next, of it. We might next do event, it. next Avenger link up. Yo, that'd be carefree sick. cooking be with sick. Jude Hardwick. Yeah, that'd coming be soon. Sick. That'd be sick. That'd be sick. That's gonna be sick. Gotta gotta do a podcast while y'all out there. Yeah, we we might. We'll we'll see. We'll try and make something. I, I'm just excited to meet the guys, meet a lot of people finally that I've been talking to for a long time on Twitter. And I'm 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 dreading Jude Jude's beans and garlic bread. <laughs> Yo, uh, yeah, beans, I, I don't know who's gotten beans. cooked more this season. Freaking Jude's garlic bread or Graham Potter? It, oh, it's a toss up. Bro, it really is, bro. It really is. God, uh, make sure you write home to your family. You I, I will. I'll, I'll send. I'll give a will. I'll make a will right before we, I eat at his place. But you know what? I have a I have a feeling it might be better than expected. Yeah, yeah. It might fair. be. Who knows? Maybe. What is this man cooking? What What is he cooking? Jude yeah. might be the the underrated chef of London that nobody was expecting. But um, <laughs> everyone's got to stay tuned for that because you'll find out later. But uh, Ken, we're gonna go ahead and conclude this. Thank you so much for coming on here on short notice and uh, just talking things out. This has definitely been a crazy time. I think if my episode guide is correct. Uh, I had an episode before this uh, on on Potter, and the one right before that was about Tuchel being sacked. <laughs> so this is a record low for episodes for me. But you know what? If the manager is sacked, I'm guaranteed an episode for y'all. <laughs> yeah, it's a new record. <laughs> it really sums up our season. <laughs> You're gonna look back on this one, you know, <laughs> this season, be like, oh, these episodes list. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yo. Oh man. All right, man. It's been great to be here. Yo, it's always great to talk and come on and chat. Yo, especially these back these 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 are like these are like you know big points in Chelsea history, doc. <laughs> so always great to come on here and talk to someone about it. Yeah, it's great to have you on. And thank you, listener, if you've listened through this all the way. Um, I would love to hear from you on Twitter about who you want as the next manager, what you think is, if this was deserved or not, everyone's going to say a big, big fat yes. So that's a give them. But um, yeah, if y'all are in London, give me shout outs on Twitter uh, for things to go check out in London. I'm going to be there for three weeks. So I'm going to have time to kill. So I'd love plenty of suggestions for pubs to check out for cool little hole in the walls. If you got a great takeaway spot, let me know on Twitter at trail wolf. I'm pretty, um pretty much on there, but yeah, thanks guys. And you know what? Stay true and stay blue.